First Palm Media. You are listening to Mushing on First Palm Media. Visit our website at mushing.com. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Robert on Mushing, and I am joined by a special guest tonight, Emily Robinson, calling in from Nenana, Alaska. This young lady is doing big things in the dog mushing world. Emily, I know I had you on last year sometime, so welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Yes, thank you. I'm doing very well. Hello, everybody, and hello, Robert. Well, thank you for joining us. Can you do us a quick uh, intro and bio? Tell us who you are and what you're all about, please. Yeah, so um, obviously I'm Emily Robinson, um, but so I've been running dogs ever since I was three years old, and um, I'm coming into the racing world and um, competing against the, the adults as well as in the junior races and stuff. And yeah, that's, uh, I've been running dogs for quite a few years, uh, doing dogs on trap lines and, um, moose hunting and fishing and all of that stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a woods girl. Okay. And you live in Nenana for folks that are listening outside of Alaska, that is about an hour or so South of Fairbanks. And it is the start of the 1925 serum run. So a little bit of history in that neck of the woods. Emily, I know we talked a lot about your family and how you guys got involved with mushing and how you guys pretty much do everything together uh, on the dog team. You had mentioned trap lines and all of that, but today I really want to focus on racing and yeah. you truly are blazing up the trail here. Just recently, a couple of weeks ago after, before this airs, you won the Connect 200 race here in my neck of the woods, which is really the first Iditarod qualifier of the season. So let's jump right into that, because I know just a little bit before that, uh, you ran in the Connect 100. But let's talk about those two races in particular. The first one, obviously, is probably freshest in your mind. What was going on on that Connect 200 <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so when I, when I was starting off the race, you know, I was, uh, we went to the musher meeting and that sort of thing. And, um, it was really good to talk, um, with the mushers beforehand and, you know, just kind of get a feel of, um, the mushers that were in that group. And, uh, we finished the musher meeting and then I got a pretty good, good night's sleep before the race, which was <laughs> kind of, that I was thankful for because the, the night after that, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Um, but so then we got up pretty early and uh, got the dogs ready and headed to the start, start shoot and uh, spent the first couple hours getting the dogs ready and that sort of thing. Um, I did an interview with the Alaska news source and uh, I was able to talk with um, what's his name? Uh, Dean, Dean Osmar. And he was coming up to us and asking us a whole lot of questions about our dogs. And that was really, really cool because um, he's an Iditarod musher and his son uh, has won junior Iditarod three times. So it was just really cool to have him come up there and acknowledge us and uh, ask a bunch of questions and just to meet him and visit with him. And then, of course, I was talking with the other racers that were there, like Hunter Keefe and Eddie Burke and those guys. Um, and then, you know, we got our dogs ready and, um, uh, just waited until we got to our start shoot because I, I started 33rd, um, running out. So I'm, I'm used to like, you know, I, I've 
over over the past couple of races that I've ran, um, I, I've drawn the bib number and kind of gotten towards the front of the pack, starting front of the pack, and you know, I'm I'm pretty far, I'm pretty close up there in the time. But so starting 33rd, I was like an hour, like an hour after the first mushroom left. So that was a little weird for me. Um, but so then got to the start shoot, um, pulled the hook and started the, the run. So that was, you know, very exciting building up to that point. And I just wanted to get on the trail. So when you were out there on the trail, you were racing with a bunch of big name mushers. Of course, uh, a lot of Iditarod finishers there, a lot of up and coming mushers like yourself. Do you get intimidated mm -hmm. at all with the field that you're mushing with, or is it sort of like that uh, athlete's tunnel vision where you're just kind of focused on what you have to do and just run in your own race or what? Yeah, it was a little bit of both, honestly. Like beforehand running this race, um, my my mom did a couple write up uh, write up and stuff, and uh, it is true that I was nervous going into this race, and um, you know having second thoughts and that sort of thing. Um, so like, there's that I, I acknowledged and understood the fact that these were the top uh, mushers in the world that I was competing with, and so I, I had that understanding, and I wasn't like I was I was perfectly um f like fine with ending up like middle middle front of the pack or that sort of thing like that that is what i was genuinely expecting i wasn't expecting to be up in the front of the pack by the second day by the first day um so like there was some of that but i also kind of had that more of like tunnel vision and you can kind of see it um in my race start photos where i had that really serious face um i was i just wanted to be focused on getting out on the trail and you know focusing on my dogs and how they could perform and how well I could perform and uh, um, just trying to have the best race that I could. Um, so that was, that was the main goal for me. And that's what my parents were telling me and my family and all uh, family and friends. Like they're just telling me like, it doesn't really matter where you place at this point, like just have a good race and have fun. So. So I was talking, <clears throat> excuse me, I was talking the other day with Sean Underwood and his brother, Brendan, who do another podcast called Mushing Alaska. I was a guest on their show just the other night, and we were talking about you and, and what uh, <laughs> what you're doing out there. And of course, you're sort of the talk of the mushing community right now. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, hoping to see great things out of, of uh, not only you, but juniors as well, because you guys are truly yeah. the the uh, mm -hmm. next generation of the sport. But let's talk a little bit about that finish, because Sean was there uh, filming uh, Facebook Live or stories or whatever, and he was there at the yeah. finish, and he thought, okay, well, here comes Brent. I see Brent coming. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I guess, uh, you had passed him or something like that, and, and you were in the lead, and you are coming into the finish. At what point, Emily, did you know that this race was yours? Not, not until I'd caught Brent. Um, so the second day starting off, I ended up, um, second place. I, I passed all of those teams. I passed pretty much all of those teams in front of me. And so, um, I did my layover. I did my six hours. I slept in the truck, not very good rest, but I slept a little bit. And so I had to get up, get up at like, uh, one in the morning and start getting my dogs ready again for that second trek. 
And so Brent was seven minutes in front of me and Ryan Reddington was two minutes. And so I was, I was sandwiched in between the uh, 2022 champion and the 2023 champion. So that was pretty incredible. And um, I started off um, in, it was definitely dark out because it was like two 2.39 in the morning. And um, once, once I got out there, I was just focusing on staying in between them. And so about 10 miles out, I caught up to Brent and um, ended up passing him after a little bit. So we were traveling with each other for quite a while. And then um, halfway through the race, um, I, had to, I had to bag a dog and, um, for five miles before I got to Eagle Quest. And then um, Brent got ahead of me by like two miles. And so my fo- my focus at that point was to just keep in front of Ryan. I wasn't really focused on Brent. And then like 20 miles out from the finish line, that's when I started turning my attention back to Brent and trying to catch him. And so it wasn't only till like a mile, mile and a half maybe that I uh, caught up to Brent. And that was really, really exciting. Like there's this, just this energy that pulsed through me where I was just like, there he is. <laughs> like I had been waiting like every every bend every hill every swamp i was like where is brent and so once i once i caught up to him it was just like eureka (laughs) so um but yeah then then i caught up to him and he let me pass and we were right before no man's land and so that was really lucky um and uh there was somebody standing there taking a video of that and I think it's one of the more new, it's like a internet sensation right now. Let's just say that. And um, yeah, when I got onto the lake, um, I, I was in front of Brent. But so the trackers weren't actually working. So nobody knew where both of us were. And it was a total surprise when you come onto the lake and you can see in Kale Casey's video, like my mom is just like screaming because she knew it was me. So that was really cool. Yeah, I guess I guess that's where where he was as well, and he he had no idea because the trackers weren't working or whatever. So yeah, so congrats yeah. on that race. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> uh, but you've done a lot of mushing over the last few years. Junior, I did a rod, yep. all sorts of stuff, and mm-hmm. you're planning on running in the Yukon Quest 80, the Willow Junior 100 again in the Junior I did a rod this year, and that will round yep. out your season. So I have a couple of questions. Uh, regarding racing, uh, not only in junior races, but also in adult racing. My first question is, obviously, you guys have been doing this a long time. I think you said since you were three years old. So quite a while you've been out there training dogs, doing all sorts of stuff, trap line, mushing, uh, uh, racing, and a whole nine yards. But what do you think is different, if you can tell, between a team like yours and a team like uh, Ryan and Brent's. What do you think there are the big differences? It's all about the training. It's it's all about the training. Like Brent trains completely different. He's running in a completely different category of racing than I am. I'm specializing in mid-distance racing and uh, we weren't even really planning on running a 200 mile race this year. Like it just, it just kind of fell into place where we're like, yeah, we'll sign up and run it. Um, but so like 150 mile, like 50 to 200 mile races are what I'm really focusing on. Whereas Brent, he's, he's focusing on like the, the 200 to a thousand mile races. And like the 200 is kind of more like something he's 
not quite specializing in. It's more like the 300 to a thousand mile races and his, his dogs, you know, they're, they're just like going on their slow trot and that works amazing for a thousand miles. Um, that's, that's really where his, his dog team really shines. Whereas mine, um, in the Iditarod, like I, I'd be going fast, but I'd have to be taking a lot of rests and I don't, I definitely wouldn't be winning the race at all. Um, so it's, it's, I, my dog team's just made to go fast. You know, we, we do a trot, but it's mostly loping that we're doing. And, um, I'm able to, I have, I have the depth, but I also have speed. Whereas Brent, he has that speed and he has that slowness, but that works really, really well for the Iditarod. And so is the same with Ryan. Like Ryan, he, his, his dog team runs in junior Iditarod and stuff, but you know, his, he, he's focusing on the, the big Iditarod and you know doing those those distance races and so like our our dog teams aren't a whole lot lot different but it's just about the training in particular so for fans that may not be experienced with how training operates if they've never been on the dog team how would you train up a team to run your style of race these shorter races these 100 150s 200 mile races compared to a yeah. much longer race, what, what switches or what do you focus on yeah. to make that switch? If, if, if you could explain right. that to a fan. <laughs> well, that right there is confidential. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, it's, it's just about more putting that, that speed into them, like training them to like understand what, what their limitation in, is in speed. So like hitting that like 13, 14 mile an hour mark. Um, so like at the end of the race, yeah, I was kind of doing that. Um, but like, it's, it's, it's more about just, you know, not doing those super long, hard runs. And that's what Brent and Ryan are doing is those harder, longer runs where they're focusing on like camping their dogs and teaching them to, to go that distance. Whereas for me, it's more about just, you know, keeping it short, happy and sweet and, um, you know, teaching them to just do that. So kind of putting the pedal to the metal, if you will, even though the pedal to the metal might be 200 miles, which is a, a very yeah. long way uh, when you think of it in the long scheme of things. What is 200 miles? It's at least from where I'm sitting right now to Nana. That's a long way, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> that puts it into perspective right there. <laughs> yes. So let's uh, let me ask you one other question. And this question gets asked a lot. And we talk to a lot of adult mushers. And I always am interested to hear this answer from them. But what is your favorite snack or food out there on on the trail on races in particular? Because obviously it could be different with training. Yeah. For the dogs or for the humans? For the humans. <laughs> For the humans. Well, so I was talking to uh, to Pete Kaiser last night, and so uh, I told I we, my mom told him that we had been I the only thing I was able to hold down during the entire race was uh, baby food pouches like smoothie baby food pouches, and so he told me, well, if, if you if you told your competition that you know obviously I'm a 16 year old girl who just beat them, but on top of that. I'm fueled by baby food. I'm sure they're not going to be very happy about that. So then he told me you should be sponsored by Gerber baby food. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really the only thing I was, I was eating was uh, slurping up with his baby food. And then like I had a bottle, I had a like 
um, insulated bottle with Capri Suns. Okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that was, that was what I was eating. All right. Ironically. So so baby food pouches. So was that because of nerves or what? Uh, yeah, definitely some nerves. Like I honestly, like I haven't been getting as nervous at races, but there's just like, like, I'm not feeling it like a whole lot, but it's just like, it's still there. It's still in your body where, you know, your body's like excited and wants to do like, wants to go and that sort of thing. And so, um, I actually had a good meal at the halfway point and yeah, no, that I, I wasn't able to, uh, keep that. But like the baby food works, it really does. And uh, we gave it to another musher, and he was very thankful for the baby food. So, um, yeah, no, that's like the new Emily Robinson thing is baby food. Well, you know what, Emily, I've been doing this podcast since 2010, and we've talked to a lot <laughs> of dog mushers. Everybody from Martin Booser, Didi Genro, Jeff King, Dallas CV, you name them, we've talked to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard that answer before on a favorite food. So you are <laughs> you are the first to, to say that. So that that's pretty cool for sure. So let's switch gears a little bit. We love to talk about the dogs here on on our podcast and I know that you shared a story about one of your dogs on your other episode. I don't know if you remembered which one, but do you have a -hmm. quick story or two about one of your favorites? Yeah. So the dog you were referring to last year, I believe was Urchin. And so she um, was my main leader. Um, She was in the last two races. I just won the Kinnick 100 and 200. Um, But I guess I'll highlight her again and Vicky, who's my other main leader. Um, so we bought Vicky from Pete Kaiser, uh, this fall and she's just fit right into the team. Um, she's just such a sweet, docile little girl. And, um, yeah, like she's, she's definitely becoming a favorite in our kennel. Like all the dogs, all the dogs are awesome. They're amazing. They're great. Like it's really, really hard to pick one dog in particular because they just all meld into a perfect team. Um, but Vicky and Urchin in particular in that team, uh, Vicky's like the sweet docile one and Urchin's like the sassy little princess. And so uh, originally like Urchin, Urchin feels kind of like almost threatened, threatened by other females. Like she, she, she doesn't like having that conde- contending uh, lady in, in the group. But like with Vicky, I don't even know if she's realized she's a female yet, <laughs> but like she, she just, she just doesn't feel threatened by Vicky at all. And those two are like yin and yang. They just work really well with each other. Like they're completely opposites. And honestly, like I, I think that um, dog mushers, like their their dogs reflect who they are, like personalities or like traits or like even how some dogs look. Like it reminds me of the musher. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that like correlates. And so uh, I feel like Vicky and Urchin are like kind of come from some of my personalities too. Like, uh, Vicky's super sweet and I tend to be pretty mild as well like where I'm not like I'm just pretty laid back and then sometimes like with Urchin she just has that energy to just want to go and sometimes I get that too so it, it's just like you know as a team you just kind of all meld together and all those personalities kind of come together but it's also about the individual dog too and focusing on that individual dog so um, yeah those two are definitely like highlighted for sure. And how many dogs do you guys have in your kennel? Um, about like 35 to 37. 
I'm not quite sure, but yeah. And you had mentioned that you got one of the dogs you, that you profiled from Pete Kaiser. Where do most of your guys come from? Um, Pete Kaiser, uh, Jeff, some, some Jeff, Jeff King, Geb Hart, um, Lance, uh, I have some lines that go back to Lance Mackey. Um, who else? Uh, I have some dogs from Aaron Burmeister where we did some breedings. Um, but yeah, it's just a hodgepodge of dogs. Uh, Jesse Holmes as well. I have some dogs out of him. So yeah, it's just a mix of a lot of, um, mushers and that sort of thing. So, yeah. So how would you describe your dogs? Are they big, small, fluffy, scruffy? What? <laughs> um, so there, a lot of them are like medium size. I have some larger males. I have some fall, uh, smaller females. You can see that with my two main lead dogs, Vicky and Urchin. They're pretty small females, but it, it's just basically a mix of everything. And some mushers, you know, we honestly, we prefer to have like a team that was like pretty much all the same size, but you know, we're working with what we got and it's, it's working out great. So like there's, I can't complain at all. Um, I have a lot of males in my team. I have like Vicky, Urchin, Fretzy, who are like the main females of my group. I also ran another female Swift. So in, in the Connect 200. So yeah, it's, it's just a mix of everything, honestly. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the future coming up here in uh, the rest of the racing year. Uh, the Yukon Quest 80, Willow Junior 100, and the Junior Iditarod, which are all junior races. So you got to switch back from racing with the adults back to the juniors. <laughs> what do you think about that? And is this relatively new in the sport where juniors are allowed to compete in these bigger races compared to the smaller, you know, junior Iditarod is not small by any stretch, but the other two yeah. are relatively small. Have you had to, have you had to get special permission? Can you navigate that a little bit for us? Yeah. Um, so for the Connect 200, it isn't the first, first time they've allowed junior racers. Like some, some kids have signed up and then ended up not racing or maybe at some point a junior racer ran the Connect. But Isaac and I, Isaac Reddington and I, um, this is like kind of like the first time, I think. Um, but so we had, Isaac and I, we had to run two 150-mile races to be able to qualify for the Connect 200. And I think that is completely reasonable. Um, I, I don't think it should be limited just because you're a teenager, but I also think that you should be able to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself in order to run those bigger, a little bit harder races. Um, but so, uh, the Yukon quest isn't necessarily a junior race. Uh, last year I was competing against adults in that race, but, uh, this year in the Yukon, it's primarily junior racers that are going to be, are going to be running. So like Addie Ann Randall, uh, Hannah Wapit, Arian Sanderson, uh, James Shawcroft, um, and maybe another musher that I'm blanking at the moment. Um, but so it's, it's going to basically be a junior race in that one this year. Um, and then. Um, there's the Willow Junior, which is obviously a junior race and junior I did a rod. Um, but so by no means is, uh, just because it's a junior race, does there mean there's not any competition that I'm expecting to like immediately, just because I won the Kinnick 100 and 200, immediately going to be able to win the junior I did a rod again. Like by no means am I like expecting that whatsoever. Like these are still really good teams. And just because it's junior mushers doesn't mean that, that, that those teams uh, can't succeed and um, 
can beat me. Like anything can happen in a dog race. So um, I'm just, I'm just going to try to prepare for anything. And, you know, if I don't win uh, props to the team that did, because it, it will be amazing to see that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to competing in the junior races because that's where I first started. And um, that's where I really want to like race and really support the most. So. So with the with the differences between the two, uh, you know, with the the three races that you're going to run here in a little bit compared to the Connect 200, is there mm-hmm. any difference in uh, hubbub, you know, any uh, excitement, if you will, with the fans, you know, is it is it the same or is it different going into a race like that from from a participant perspective, not necessarily an athlete's perspective, but, oh my goodness, I'm in a big time race compared to I'm in a much smaller race like the Willow Junior 100. Right. Well, so the Willow Junior 100 isn't quite as uh, promoted as the Junior I did rod has been. Um, It's kind of a little bit more of a low key race. Um, So yeah, definitely going from like something like the Connect 200 where, you know, you had 40 teams and all those teams uh handlers and helpers and uh people that are just going there to support the race compared to like something as low-key as like the yukon quest or the yukon quest isn't as quite as low-key because they also have the two and the 300 mile race so there's a lot of hubbub going around that one but so like the willow junior it's pretty low-key also junior i did a rod honestly like we have people there don't get me wrong like there's people at the start line but um it's it's just the junior races are a lot more calm, a lot more chill. It's just more about the kids and us. And, uh, yeah, no, it, it's pretty like the junior races are pretty chill overall. And that's kind of nice to go to, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And and my daughter ran junior. Uh, I did a rod a couple of times in the Willow junior 100. In fact, the Willow junior 100 runs right here in our our backyard on our trail system here. I know you guys start over at Vern Halter's place, which is my neighbor. So yeah, uh, you'll be running right here on these trails. So let's ask the questions I are always ask our mushers. And I know I asked you these before, maybe you have a little bit different perspective now that you're a year older and have some more racing under your belt. But as I mentioned at the top of the episode, you guys are truly the, the next uh, generation for the sport. You guys are going to carry it on, all of you juniors. So you guys have some some shoes to fill. I don't know if they're big shoes, but you definitely have shoes to <laughs> fill with, uh, with the yeah. sport itself. So the two questions are, Emily, the first one is, where do you see the sport of dog mushing? Not necessarily just I did a rod or something like that, but the sport overall, where do you see it in yeah. the next five to 10 years? I don't know. That's, it's a very interesting question and it could go many, many different ways. I see, you know, there's so many aspects that are very, very, very positive, but you know, there's, there's things that just happen where, you know, we have these, these dips and we also have these peaks like uh, during the 50th anniversary of the Iditarod uh, there was 50 teams that had run and that was really incredible. Um, It obviously wasn't the biggest field that had ever happened, but it was quite a big year. And then the following year, there was only 30 teams. And that was like the lowest year since the start of the Iditarod, like the very first year of the Iditarod. So um, I, I just like the fans and the people that are following, um, a lot of them are super, super passionate about following the Iditarod and all these other races. 
Um, but you know, there's also negativity and that's just with any, anything that happened, any sort of community, any sort of, uh, like program, any sort of, um, race or anything, there's going to be those ups and those downs, and there's going to be those potentially controversies within that community. And that's just something that's inevitable, that, that inevitable, that's just human at this point. Like, and that's something I'm learning, um, even at 16 is that that's that's just a part of life and a part of um working within communities and anything like that it's just you know there's there's going to be those those ups and those downs and those uh you know those like uh that those forks in the trail where you're having to like decide which one's going to be which one which path we're going to be able to take and i i really really do want this sport to continue and i really want to see it continue for another 50 years and some people don't see that and others really do and I'm one of those people that really do see that and so it's it's a tradition and something that um, we just need to carry on because a lot of traditions are dying and you know it's the sport of Alaska and that that is something that we need to take pride in as Alaskans. Excellent answer. And the next question is, what have you seen as the biggest change? You said you've been doing this since you were a little girl, three years old, I believe. Is it the gear? Is it the sleds? Is it the weather? What is the biggest change in your time as a dog musher? I, I, it's the money, like the, the investment that goes into dog racing, for sure. Like over, over the years, it's just been increasing and to see like back in back in the 80s and 90s dog food used to be pretty cheap uh we used to have salmon in the rivers um we don't have that anymore we don't have that to rely on to feed our dog teams like all over the Yukon and the Tanana River and everywhere else where dog mushers live close to we're not able to get our salmon anymore so dog dog food has just been increasing and we haven't been able to get a s- sustainable um a way to feed our dog teams so that is definitely something that has drastically changed it's the gear the gear is very expensive uh the dogs feeding the dogs um also weather conditions that's something that, that i've seen like the how the weather has changed over the years um has drastically changed um like my parents and like people during the 80s and 90s they'd say like 40 below was like super, 30 40 below is super common that, that isn't nearly as common as it is anymore. Like maybe we'll get like a week of like 20 below if that, but it's, it's not nearly as common. So those are the things that have drastically changed. And that's where, you know, people can help with that is not with the weather, but the, the expenses of uh, dog racing and just trying to, you know, help, help mushers uh, continue this sport and to continue these traditions and that sort of thing. So that's something that, yeah, I see. Two more questions before we close here, Emily. The first one is, do you have anybody you want to thank? Any sponsors, family, friends, anyone? And then the second question is, where can people follow you or where are you most active? Is it your website, uh, Facebook, where? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, I can't name everybody off the top of my head at, at all, but yeah, I'd, I'd just like to thank my friends, um, my family, my personal family that my mom, my dad, and my brother, they've been helping me through this. Um, they're, they're the ones that support me all the way and they put in a lot of work just like I do. 
Um, I'd like to thank my family outside of the state of Alaska. Um, my uncle Tony, he also helps a whole lot. He comes down to the races and is cheering on and he's my math guy. He's very good at math, whereas I'm not. So, um, and then, and then, uh, followers and friends, um, I really appreciate those guys and the overwhelming amount of comments, uh, positive, positive comments that I've been getting um, is just amazing. And to hear from uh, the Iditarod mushers and the Sprint mushers who have been doing this for a very, very, very long time and to give me such like overwhelming praise is amazing. And then um, thank you to my sponsors. I wouldn't be able to do without you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, and thank you for uh, helping me chase my dreams and to follow them. And I think about you guys and when I'm on the trail and yeah, just thank you. And then um, where you can follow us is on Facebook at Robinson Racing Kennel. I also have one on Instagram, but I would not recommend following that because I never post and yeah, I need to do better. I, I said, I said, I, at, at, in fall time, I said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start post, posting. I'm gonna start ramping up." And then, uh, yeah, it never happened. I'm, I'm, I'm a procrastinator and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely follow on Facebook. My parents do an amazing job. They're, they're the ones that are doing it 100%. Especially my mom, she's doing an amazing job. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. it so. There you go. So guys, this is Emily Robinson. Definitely check her out if you have been under a rock for the last year or so uh you've you've probably heard that this young lady's name and what she's doing out there so again congrats on the connect 200 good good luck on the rest of the races this year and uh we'll talk again soon okay yeah thank you mr forto well thank you on behalf of my guest today this is robert for mushing we will see you guys next time Goodbye. Nobody covers dog sledding like mushing from First Paw Media. Our team of athletes, volunteers, race organizers, and mushers like Robert and Michelle Forto brings you closer to the sport. If it's happening, we are there. Live from the qualifying races in January and February, the Iditarod in March, and in the summer, mushing takes you on the road with our team and trail tour. We connect you with a history of the sport, in-depth interviews with the top mushers, and great storytelling and breaking news all year long. Follow on mushing.com.